0: Welcome to Primal Scream. This is your host, Nick Greystone. For the next hour, we're going to talk about fantasy, reality,
1: and everything in between. Let's go.
0: Hey, kitty kitties. What up, what up, what up? You get another one? What up? How you guys doing tonight? I'm Nick Greystone, and this is Primal Scream. Yes. What is going on? We have so much going on in my world and hopefully uh, it will be relevant to your world. Because that's what I like doing. Um, I hope everyone had a great uh, Halloween. Um, mine was uh, a little bit different this year. Um, but I still had a good one. Uh, we'll talk about that in,
1: right now. And so... <laughs> uh,
0: this year was uh, a little bittersweet because... Um, Zozo is in Florida right now, and she's been there since last Friday, so this would be the first Halloween that I actually did not celebrate with her. But watching how much fun she's having right now, she's doing the Disney uh, parks and stuff. I believe today she's in Universal, and uh, the kid's just having the the best time, and uh, I love that. I love that she's having a great time. I miss her. I can't wait to see her. She's coming home this weekend. Um, So this is one of those random weekends where I have nothing going on but just me and her. And uh, I'm looking forward to that because I've been on, like, cruise control. Um, Luckily, I did roll my ankle on Sunday at the farm. Enough – I fucked it up enough where – I banged into work for three days and the doctor just told me to rest. So that's what I did. I, I got so much fucking sleep that I haven't been able to. So, like, if I seem jittery and doing the jitter bug, it's because, like, I think I slept more in these last three days than I've slept in uh, a decade. <laughs> I, it was just amazing. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, the. The Schmidt's Farm uh thing is done now. Uh it was a bittersweet uh season. Um This was uh this whole season was dedicated to uh a good friend of mine, Mike Porciello, who uh he was our resident, Michael Myers. Uh he untimely passed away over the summer. And uh we all missed him. You know, it was a uh it was a great uh it was a great season. I met some new people. Um I worked with some old friends. Um and uh yeah, it, it was all for him, man. You know, like we dedicated the season to him. Uh Scott and and Kelly and Mike um they ran the uh the haunt this year. Uh pretty awesome and I uh, I tip my hat to you guys. Thank you. You you did an amazing job. Um and uh, even the last night, uh, one of our, um, our guys that's been there for about five years, uh, I'm going to give him a shout-out too, Tim Ryan. He uh, portrayed uh, Father, uh, Father Tim for two years, and he was a sadistic warden this year, um, and he was an evil scientist for two years. Uh, he retired from the, uh, from the haunt, and uh, I hope he's kidding, and I hope he comes back, but I kind of believe him but uh thanks Father Tim uh you definitely livened up the joint with uh your uh your antics and your uh not breaking character and scaring the Schmidt out of people so uh you were awesome and um yeah just uh it was just a great great old overall season, but you know we missed Myers so that was like the uh the bittersweet part of that um so on uh, yesterday, uh, it was the first kind of day that I was able to like go out and do stuff, and um, I'm gonna get to that in a second. I had a great gig actually on Saturday in the Raven in Worcester, Massachusetts. It was a solo gig, and by looking at that picture, I was in the moment like I felt it, it was awesome. Um, this is a, a departure for me doing the Demon Scar stuff, this is solo stuff. Uh, I've been playing some of the music that I've been doing during my set, and uh, I'm just feeling like a, an awesome response from it. From like uh, you know the crowds I've been playing in front of, um, and this was the third time that I was I did this, and uh, I want to do more. You know, it's pretty. Uh, it was pretty awesome. Um, I feel I feel naked up there because usually I'm I'm behind a bass and I'm screaming and you know i'm uh i'm jamming up there and uh this one it's just me and a mic you know and i'm like just letting it out man you know these these lyrics that i'm writing are, are, are the most personal stuff that i've written in a long time and uh it's uh it's a good therapy for me to get up there so uh Shout-out to uh, my boy Fury. I met him at the uh, first gig I did. He's actually the one that uh, booked me on the show. Uh, I have a picture with him, actually. I wanna, uh, yes, that's, uh, that's Fury. He's, uh, he's a great, uh, talented artist-slash-promoter. He hit me up shortly after the uh, Shaggy 2 Dope show from last month, and he asked me if I'd like to do this one, and it was in Worcester, Massachusetts. And uh, I made the trip, and it was cool. I saw some uh, faces from the last time that they remembered me, you know. And uh, it was a uh, it was a nice turnout. Uh, w- Worcester is a, a very um, I don't even know how to put it. It's a uh, it's kind of a shady town, yeah. but uh, it was good. It was you know it's a party town, you know. And uh, the folks that came to uh, to the place uh, they were rather. Uh, they had a party and hear some good tunes and I made some connects and uh contacts and I actually have a collaboration coming up with the headliner of this show that I just played Lex the Hex he hit me up uh I had a beat ready and you know I had some lyrics I showed him what I wanted and he's into it and he's uh recording it as we speak so uh keep your ears peeled for that one it's gonna be awesome I can't wait I went back to uh center stage music And uh, recorded that over, I think I did that on Thursday. Today's Thursday. So I did that Tuesday during the day. So, yeah, that was cool. Um, Yesterday was uh, another bittersweet day. I went to, um, they had a memorial service for Little Peep. Uh, You know how much, speaking of like, you know, my solo stuff, Little Peep, Uh, since he's been on my radar, uh, I've, um, really enjoyed his music. Um, Keith, you know, my brother-in-law that, uh, passed away a couple of years ago, he's responsible for putting him on my path. And, um, you know, I just get inspired. Yep. That's the uh, mural they have over in uh, Bushwick. Really nice, uh, mural and a nice tribute to him. It was his birthday yesterday. He would have been, um... 26 years old. Uh, 27 years old, actually. Uh, He passed away when he was 21. He was just about blowing up on tour. And uh, unfortunately, he um, took a Xanax that had um, some fentanyl in it. And uh, unfortunately passed away at the young age of uh, 21. And his music is still going. You know, He's, uh, he's still getting all these spins on Spotify. And he's having releases... Uh, his, his mom, Liza, you know, I met her. She was at the, uh, at the pop-up shop and, uh, I spoke with her and I act, this is actually the second time I met her. I actually met her at a, a screening of his uh, documentary, uh, everybody's everything. Um, I took Keith to that for his birthday and, uh, we had a great time. You know, we met her and, uh, I had told her that, you know, I had met her and, um, I said, you know, this was a special night. I had I brought my uh, my little brother to the to the movie and stuff, and unfortunately he's not here anymore. And uh, we embraced. We, you know, gave each other a hug. And uh, I just said, you know, her son's music means a lot to me. And it's like I uh, can meditate and, like, go into that and think about the both of them at the same time when I uh, listen to his music so I associate the two. So, uh it's pretty cool. Yeah, they actually—that's the uh, the jersey that he had he had wore on his Hellboy album cover. They had that up. They have a denim jacket that uh, he lived in. Like, there's so many pictures of him walking around with that. And uh, it was a pretty cool pop-up shop. Uh, they even had Nikki size. So I was—I I said to her, "Mama Peep, thank you so much for carrying my size because usually I have to uh, make shit fit and like cut stuff and paste it to other things and." Do whatever, but they had uh, they had shirts for me, so that was pretty cool. I also told you the story that uh, when Zozo was in uh, kindergarten, they had parents come up and read books to them. And she's a she's a school teacher, and she also is an author. And she has this really cool book called The Danced Class, and it's a real life story about how when Peep was a kid, uh, he got bullied a lot and he got one of the things that was uh, different about him. He was—he's actually was in a dance class, and a lot of the people were like, this kid's weird. Why is he in dance and stuff? And he had met um, a longtime friend. Her name is Emma. They ended up dating years later, but uh, he actually met her back then when he was in this class, and she kind of stood up for him and said, you know, if he's good, he belongs here, then he deserves to be here. And, uh, yeah, it was cool. Like, uh, I I had the opportunity to read that book to Zoe's class and stuff, and I told her that story, and she appreciated it, and she thanked me for uh, coming down, and it was cool. So I was with my friend Tom Bennett, and uh, we were driving back. We had to get back to Long Beach, but we went on a little venture. I didn't post a picture of it, but we went to St. John's Cemetery to go visit the grave of John Gotti. Because I'm all about Gotti right now. I watched the thing on Netflix. If you haven't watched it, watch it. So we went to uh, his uh, grave and we visited it. So then I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, you know what? I think my grandfather's buried here. You know, my, my, dad, my dad's dad. And uh, shows what kind of grandson I am. I don't even know where he's buried. So I went to the directory and I pulled up the name. And uh at first it said he was there so I went and asked where it was located and they're telling me it was at Holy Cross in Bushwick. So what happened was the girl wrote down the thing and it was like row T plot 130. So we go to Holy Cross which is about 25 minutes from where we're at at that point so we get there and we go down row T and it's like okay, plot one all oh, it looked like. They just didn't keep up with this cemetery. It looked like really like like shit. Like, you know, like the grounds keep. I don't know what the fuck they're doing over there. But there's, like, shrubs in front of, like, uh, stones and stuff and, like, a collection of broken stones. Some are sunk into the ground, like, really bad. So we're walking back. And we're walking, and I'm looking, and it's, like, 128. Then it's, like, jumps to, like, 140. And we're standing, like, in this little thing. And I'm like, maybe the stone is missing. Like, I don't know. Maybe Michael Myers came and took it or some shit crazy. I'm, I have all these thoughts in my head. And I'm like, all right, well, you know what? This sucks. I'm not going to be able to go visit the grave. So we go back to the car. And we're driving out. And we see the office. So I'm like, you know what? Let me go into the office and just make sure that we're in the right place. Get to the office. It's closed. They No one's there. It says you have to come by appointment or whatever. But they did have a kiosk where you could punch in the name. So I punched in the name again. And then the name came up. But instead of 130, it said 180. So we were like, holy shit. So we pulled back in. So when we're pulling back in, one of the graves that like are visible, I see a bunch of baseballs up on top of it. And I see the name Hodges. And I'm like, well, maybe that's Gil Hodges. And it was Guilford Hodges. Wow. He was buried in Holy Cross right down the road from my grandpa, wow. which was cool. I was like, oh, all right, cool. I, I don't think my grandfather was a Mets fan, but I think he was a Dodgers fan. You know, he passed away a long time ago. Uh, he passed away when my dad was a young man. So uh, I really don't know too much about my grandfather. really don't know too much about my father because everything was a secret with my pops. when He told me, like, certain things. So anyway, we walked down and... We see a little plot, and it's a little stone, and uh, it's like overgrown shit over it, you know, like grass or whatever. So Tom starts kicking up this dirt and stuff, and finally, I see it. It says John. You know, it's my dad's name. So then, like, he really goes to town. Me and him are kicking up dirt. He's like, let me run back to the car and see if we got some water because it's, like, all, like, dirty and shit. So we had two bottles of water, and I just got to say, Tom Bennett, thank you so much because you helped me out. We ended up doing the best we could to clean this up, and it turns out to be the plot for my great-grandfather and my grandfather. And um, I wasn't going to be a scumbag and steal, like, flowers off of somebody else's grave or a flag, but I saw a piece of a ripped flag. So I'm like, you know what? My dad was patriotic. I'm sure my grandfather was patriotic. So you know what? I try to do my best to like put something there for him. I put the piece of t- uh, tattered flag, and um, I put the uh, a rock on top of it. So you know what? I'm sure no one's been to this grave. Uh, all my aunts that have passed away, my dad's passed away. I don't think there's really any much family of the Greystones remaining. you know. So um, I kind of spruced it up a little bit. And it also, a light bulb went off in my head. So, when my dad was, like, near the end, he's like, Son, I don't want anything. I don't want a service. Just cremate me. I don't even give a shit. And for the second time in life, I did listen to him. We didn't do anything for him. And that bothered me. That's been It bothers me today. But when I was in the office trying to find out where he is at the other cemetery, they had this thing where you can get a candle, which is like one of those votives that light up where you make a prayer, and they put it in the loving memory of. So I called up today, and I'm in the process right now of getting a f- candle for my dad, and I'm going to put him in Holy Cross with his father, and it's going to be in one of the shrines. And uh, at least now I have something where... If I want to go visit, I can. Or if anyone wants to go visit, we can. And uh, it just gives me closure on it because, you know, I I, just, I I know he didn't want anything, but I don't want him to go out like that, you know. So it was, uh, it was a good moment. And, Tom, thanks, man, for helping me do that. I really appreciate it. And uh, it was a nice moment. Bittersweet again, you know. So uh, thanks. So yeah, so it was a cool thing. Um now going back to the weekend, I was at Chiller Theater. Uh I met some uh, really cool people. Um the headliner, one of them was Frankie Avalon. It was one of his first shows and he did a photo op with Dee Dee from uh from Greece. She played Frenchie. So um Yeah, she was such a sweetheart. He was cool. I was actually the first person online for him. So when I rolled up to him and I'm like, Frankie, you couldn't imagine that there was going to be this big, massive dude on your line to meet first, right? And he goes, what are you talking about, big? He goes, I'm the big kahuna. (laughs) So he was very cool, you know, and uh, I got him to sign a uh, picture with him and uh, Frenchie and I went met her. We took the photo, came out nice out in the parking lot. They had grease lightning and it was not the grease lightning that they were singing about, like in the, in the, in the shop, like the, the jacked out one at the end where, uh, Olivia Newton, John and, uh, John Travolta fly off. Uh, it was pretty cool. So I got a photo with that. Um, they also, uh, had the Christmas story reunion and, uh, This picture is so funny because the bully in the back, dude, that's like, uh, man, what the hell is his name in the movie? Uh, Farkas, Farkas, like I throw up the metal sign and he's rocking out with me. So Farkas is back. Right. And the next on top of me is, uh, Schwartz. That's the kid that double dog dares flick to stick his tongue on the, uh, on the pole. Next to him is the kid Randy, the little brother of Ralphie who can't get his arms down. Next to him is Farkas's right-hand man that looks like uh, Brian Johnson from ACDC with the cap, the little other bully. Uh, next to me, seated with the pink shirt on, that's uh, uh, Flick. He's also in the toy with uh, Richard Pryor. And then Peter Billingsley, of course, is next to me. That kid looks the same that he did back in 1983. Flick went into porn. He did. And now he's a, isn't he like a pastor or something now? No, dude. You know what he does? Uh, it's funny you mention that because, dude, he works in a flea market and he sells a Christmas story stuff. Come on. I swear to you, bro. Oh, my goodness. That's what he does. <laughs> oh, my so, yeah, it's, uh, but you know what? Like, I was talking to him, and he, I had the most interaction with him throughout everyone. And I had said to him, um, you know, I love a Christmas story, but I got to mention the toy. I'm like, it's so many memories of growing up and watching that movie on repeat. And you think about it, he worked with two of the greatest comic legends of all time in that movie Richard Pryor and Jackie Gleason. You know, and he went off on its story. He was telling me about how Richard Pryor took him under his wing, and would uh, he was calling him his little brother, and he would take him out to like parties and stuff, and like he was hanging out. And I'm sure Richard Pryor showed him a crash course into Hollywood. But he said, you know, he was very cool. Um, He actually uh, years later, when uh, Richard was getting a little bit older, right before he passed. Uh, he was hanging out at some party, and Shaquille O'Neal came up to him, and he said, hey, you're that kid that's in that movie with Richard Pryor. He's like, you still talk to Richard? And he goes, yes, I do. Actually, I have his cell phone. You know what? Let me call him. And he said it was one of the brick, big brick cell phones at the time. And he called up the phone, and Richard Pryor had answered. And he goes, yo, someone wants to talk to you, man. And he put Shaquille O'Neal on the phone with uh, with Richard Pryor. So, uh yeah, it was just a cool little uh, you know, cool little conversation I had with that guy. And uh that's why I love going to these things. I love interacting with these people like I know them forever, which I don't, but I grew up watching them. But uh uh the next guy I met was Mark Metcalf. Uh he's Niedermeyer from uh, Animal House, but he's also why I love him was in those Two Twisted Sister movie uh videos, uh classics. I wanna rock, and uh, we're not gonna take it. and I actually talked to him about it. He had a really cool uh picture of him and Twisted sister on his table, which I had him sign um, so yeah yeah, right exactly like I, I I wish I had him say that into the into the uh, screen, but like I don't want him to stroke out, man, because you know he's an older guy. I don't know if he he still has that intensity, so. Um, I met Stacy Dash, speaking of Richard Pryor, uh, the first time I ever fell in love with her was when she was in that movie Moving with Richard Pryor back in the day, and then uh, she was also uh, in Clueless, and uh, it was uh, it was pretty cool, you know, uh, meeting her, she still looks amazing, and um, yeah, I had a great time at Chiller Theater. That is J.D. Nemeth. He's the guy from RoboCop that says, I'll buy that for a dollar. It was his first convention, so I had to go meet him. Just one of those random people. So, uh, yeah, I had a great time at Chilla Theater. Can't wait to go back. Because it's not just horror. It's just like a random mixture of, like, uh, you know, pop culture and everything else. So today, I came across this thing, which was very cool. I'm not going to show you any clips from it. I want you to go and do your homework, kids. It's on YouTube. It's this thing called Rare Exorcist Outtakes. And this guy, his name is... Let me get it for you. Paul Davis, I believe? Yes, Paul. it's on the picture. Okay, Paul Davis. So Paul Davis has, like, a lot of these videos from, like, uh, the shooting of The Exorcist. It shows you, like... um, their original um, plans for like certain scenes, for instance, like the vomit scene, they wanted him wanted her to projectile vomit and hit him in the chest, but one shot, and he did it only once, and it hit him in the face, and that's the shot that they used because it nailed him perfectly. But you know they uh, they liked how it turned out, so that's why they went with that. The spider walk that's in the um, the. 2003 version they showed you how they filmed that they didn't use it because you could still see the wires and stuff they show you the makeup tests and they show you what could have been the intended crucifix scene you guys know what I'm talking about Uh, it if you think the crucifix scene in the exorcist now is disturbing what they make this girl do and I don't even think She knew what the hell she was doing But it is Unbelievable <clears throat> there's a crucifix That she has which She has like a normal size crucifix in the, in the movie This one is much bigger And she's Yeah it's pretty bad You gotta watch it It's kind of disturbing like that they actually Thought that like a 13 year old Or 12 year old girl at the time Should be doing something like this so, so yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. My friends are uh, almost uh, it's almost time for them. I'm gonna bring them on. I do have special guests tonight. So getting into that, I have <clears throat> excuse me, I have two videos that I want to show back to back right now. They're from my friends Sharp Violet and Steve and the Not Steves. Uh, they did two videos for the Halloween season. I'm going to show you those two videos right now because there is a two-parter, back-to-back, and we'll talk to them once we come back because I have members from the uh, both bands on. So see you in a little bit, kids. Enjoy. kids, that was awesome. So now we do have a, two special guests uh, that are joining us tonight. It's uh, Liz from Sharp Violet and Steve, the Steve of Steve and the Not Steves. Hi kids,
2: what's
1: up? Hi.
0: How you guys doing? You guys good?
1: Yeah, good.
2: Living the dream.
0: Living the dream, right? Okay. Absolutely. Um, I I was just talking to my uh, my producer over here, and we were both saying like. We love this. Like, we don't... Th- I can't think of any other band that's that have done this where they've done enough collaboration with two videos. Like, it's like a 2 of thing. And, like, it's it's a very cool concept. So, like, I guess what we'll start with is how did you guys come up with this idea to do this?
2: Honestly, it was... Totally random. We just happened to write a song about vampires and they just happened to write a song about werewolves like at the same time in the same month.
3: And both songs are about being true to yourself and not caring what society thinks about you and choosing your own path.
1: Yeah. So,
2: like, we just, you know, we were both recording them at the same time and then we both had to do a video at the same time and it would, you know, they just went so well together. It worked out perfectly. Originally, it was supposed to be a record that came out in like, uh, for Jason's Woods actually, right uh, in the beginning of October. And, uh, but I could not get it done in time because, uh, all September, my voice was just completely shot, um, from allergies. Yeah. So I could not sing, I couldn't get it done. So it got pushed back. And, uh, you know, we, luckily we got it done in time for the Halloween release.
0: Yeah, no, you know what? It's perfectly timed, you know, like, uh, when I, I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking of, like, um, you know, it's got that Lost Boys feel to it. It also has, like, the Twilight feel to it, too. You know, like, I, I love the the fighting that goes on, and, like, it's, like, oversold and everything. It's so it's cool. <laughs> you know, it's really good because it shows that you guys are more than just musicians. You actually have, like... A thing going on where you're uh, putting on a performance. So acting in your own videos, it's not fucking easy, you know.
2: Yeah, it was the first time we ever tried anything like that. We've done a bunch of videos, but we've never done any like real cut scenes of scenes. Yeah. Um, or but anything
3: we, that had a true plot or yeah, storyline yeah. to it.
2: Uh, but it just came together, and we, you know, we we uh, we were really we were definitely inspired by Lost Boys yeah. and. And Twilight, honestly, yeah. uh, you know, for like the flying scene, I remember I, I went to Jeff, our bassist, and I was like, what if we did like like a really cheesy flying scene with a green screen, like 80s movie and He's Like, absolutely, let's do it. And like <laughs> I we had never done I'd never done green screen before. So I yeah. bought a green screen and we, we just winged it and tried it. It <laughs> looks know, pretty- cool,
0: man. Like, I, I dude, seriously, like for the shit that people put out and then like you guys, you're doing it th- yourselves. So it looks very professionally done. Even yo, you know, even the last video you guys did for um, what was it for Misery Chick for for Sharp, yeah. uh, that too, that was a do-it-yourself thing too, right? And that oh,
2: yeah. looked dope yep. too. All of our, all of our videos, all of our audios. Been,
3: uh, we just grab yeah. our friends and the bands, and then we film each other. <laughs> we give the
2: ran- like a random friend a camera, like, hold his camera and point yeah. it at us. you
3: <laughs> free Saturday morning? Great. Yeah. You're hired. Exactly.
0: Some of the best footage from Demon Scar when we play is because of you guys. Like, you know, you take awesome pictures. You gave us drone footage once. Like, <laughs> we're not fucking worthy, dude.
2: <laughs> well, it's funny because, you know, like, a good i would say maybe 37 percent of the footage in the steven and not steves video
1: yeah
2: uh this video was shot by gwen uh jeff and Allie's daughter i think get out of here daughter. yeah because like she was going to be there it was 7 a.m on a saturday morning we had two hour window that we could get both bands in the same place at the same time and so we had two hours 7 a.m on saturday morning and we just got everybody down there recorded both videos in two hours but their daughter had to come because they couldn't get a babysitter. Right. So we were like, you know what? Let's get her involved. Let's, you know, like maybe she'll be inspired to do films one day. We're like, let's just yeah. give her a cell phone and she can shoot. Right. So she's shooting the whole time. And we had a series of mishaps. Like this all happened so quickly. We set up. We went into Massapequa Park. We set up. We we got going and we, we stuck a camera up. And so the first take of the good camera that we had there, yeah. it didn't cut. It didn't go. It
0: didn't the go second on.
2: Take, it didn't something didn't it didn't record the second take of the good camera we had our guitarist mike somehow in the rush of setting up put his guitar on wrong and he's wearing it like a necklace (laughs) and it looks just completely (laughs) ridiculous so we had to scrap any shot like with the good camera that he was in we had to pretty much scrap it i think a couple shots made it like on his breastbone
0: and it was like up here
2: no it was like a it like was pain. it was just a way that nobody's ever worn a guitar in <laughs> history and it wasn't in like a cool way where we could be like yeah no that that's his thing so we were like all right so those are scrapped so then we um we, we basically were left with gwen's footage a couple shots from the really good camera and um, I have a little, uh, DJI like steady cam, little mini cam. Yeah. And so a lot of it's that those, those three together is the majority of our video. By the time we got to them, we were a little bit more set up right. that I was behind the camera. So I was able to do a little bit more with my camera and other good camera. And we got some good shots for them. <laughs> that's... But that's why you'll see ours is like a little bit like grainier, more old school, which works for the type of video we did. Um, yeah. it looks like that kind of like eighties nineties look, um, but it was
0: sort of by mistake. No, oh, but I, you know I, what? It takes away from. You don't even think. I don't even think you're focusing on that because, dude, you're fucking flying in your video, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it was amazing. Like I seriously, and I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. You know, I don't fucking do that. <laughs> I, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. Like when I saw it, I'm like, wow, Thank this you. is yeah, you guys did a so really great job with it. And you, I can't believe only two hours. Like I, I get. The concept of only two hours being a parent and like I having no life have
1: other than
2: this—it might have been three I think in was the scary. end, but like, yeah, that's all we could get. Like, we Mike had to work, Anthony had Mike to work.
3: Nine. We um, left
2: at. We were going ten. on vacation the week after. Uh, you know, Jess had a wedding to go to. Like, that's like literally two hours, and of course, like we set it all up and I, we put it in. We have a group chat between both bands. Yeah. We put like two two Saturdays from now, seven a.m. We're going to be there, but. And we just put it out there and expected everybody just to catch on to it. But Dude. Mike had missed that message.
0: Oh, boy. Right?
2: So two days before, I'm finally – I've been so busy. I finally was like, all right, guys, everybody's good for Saturday morning. And Mike's like, what? What are you talking about Saturday morning? <laughs> I have work. And we're like, uh, we're doing the video Saturday morning. And he's like, no, I have work at 9 o'clock. And we're like, okay, so how about 7 o'clock? So we're like, what time does sunrise? And we were literally there as the sun rose. Got wow. it done. as
0: good as we could. That's uh... – that's something. That's that's awesome though. But you got it. I was like, know? when we
2: when we first planned it, I was like, all right, we'll get a good eight hour day. Like, we'll we'll get everything done, and then it was like, no, no, no we'll
0: never happens it. that Two way. Two hours. Two
2: hours. Yeah.
0: That's your style though. I remember a couple of years ago we were doing the Jasons Woods gig, and you guys were going on a cruise in like five hours or something. Like yeah, when were we were on the fucking shot hayride. Another
2: music video that that morning, right? Oh, yeah, your video. And Jason, in uh, yeah. Lancaster. They right. Park lot.
0: Was that when we were supposed to do the uh, video for it us, is. too, and it just it never is. happened?
2: That's right. We were supposed to do a video for our collaboration for Unity, and you guys were like, we can't do it. We're like, all right, we're going to film a video for a different man, Something else.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I remember that now. Yeah, man. Oh, speaking of which, yes, we, uh, we all collaborated on an awesome cover of uh, Op Ivy's, um, for those of you who don't know. Uh, we did a cover of uh, the forever relevant "Unity" uh, yeah. a couple of years ago, and it came out great. You know, I think it—it's um, like one of our highest that's played awesome. songs of like yeah. all of us, yeah. right? Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's number one song. A yeah. cover. Yeah. that's
0: well, yeah. that's how it goes, man. Typical Long Island bullshit. Everyone wants to hear <laughs> covers, yeah, right? Yeah. Unfucking believable. Yeah. So. um... Uh, But Halloween's
2: over, so all the original bands can go back to being original bands now. Mm
0: -hmm. Right, exactly. Playtime's over now; we can get to get to serious business. Um, So, what do you guys got coming up? Like, what do you uh, you got any like shows coming up?
3: So, Sharp Violet's playing at the Roller Derby on Saturday. Fun! Um,
0: That's awesome.
3: Safe America um, at the halftime show for the Long Island Roller Rebels. Uh, It's a home game. Black versus Blue.
0: Yeah, that's you know I played that a couple of years ago and it was such a fun time and a cool turnout and I think you guys are gonna kill. That's like your perfect like uh, your perfect place to be. You know, thank you. Yeah, we
3: have like a, a history with the roller derby because
1: C roll, like, right?
3: Yeah, C roll. It was a former derby player, and then our first drummer Tala, she also was on the Roller Rebels too.
0: Oh, there was a first drummer.
3: We've had a couple of different drummers over the years
0: we all have spinal tap drummer like <laughs> moments with our drummers and stuff I didn't know that I thought the uh the first drummer was uh Jasmine
3: no Tala left to go to law school so then Jasmine took over oh and then okay that's why Allie joined and the oh. rest is history
0: right 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 wow that's so cool man yeah we all have a history of the uh of the drummer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think we've got like eight, maybe. Right. Uh, we finally found
2: our Forever drummer, so. That's yeah, great. Uh, yeah.
0: Anthony, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all right. So he's like the newest out of everyone. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah, the same thing with us, man. We, we uh, Our first drummer, we played our gig at uh, Lucky 13, and it went over awesome, and there was a booker there that wanted to have us open up for Quiet Riot, and I told him the next day, holy shit, dude, we're going to open up for Quiet Riot, and he goes... You know what? I was thinking about telling you guys last night, but I don't want to kill the high, but this is just not for me. And I'm like, wait, can you please fucking quit after we play with quiet riot? And he's for like, real? No. What
2: timing? Yeah. And he goes, is No, I'm something sorry. Good has happened? All right, let me let me now it's
0: my head. Yeah, now it's fucking not bang your head. I'm gonna bang your fucking head up against the wall <laughs> because you you're killing my hopes and dreams. Oh my god. <laughs> but uh yeah, that's uh that's, you know, the tale of the drummer. I think, you know, we also had one that exploded just like in uh, Spinal Tap behind the uh, behind the kit. Didn't that you guys was... beat the shit out of one of your drummers too?
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, I yeah, think, when yeah. I first uh... met you.
0: That's the first <laughs> yeah. night I met you.
2: That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, our yeah. first show, actually, <laughs> that we met you, um, our drummer that we had, our first drummer, uh, was uh, an interesting character. It's how I met Liz, and he lived with us, and so it was kind of like a a parent-child relationship in a lot of ways. And, um, yeah. So it just, it bad was night, bad. daddy kicked and the man, shit out nah. of son. And it was, you know, it was one of those shows that was like pay-to-play because it was, you know, it was with, um,
0: Graves, right?
1: Yeah,
2: Michael yeah. Graves. Yeah. And so, like, we, you know, we... When pay-to-play comes around, we, like, just pay ourselves because we're not going to, like, go hawking tickets. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, we were probably, like, $300 in on that show and he totally messed it up. And uh. then... Uh,
0: that's happened to us before too man like i remember we did a pay to play once and i watched my guitarist this is not demon scar this is another band i watched my guitarist take the tickets put it in his guitar uh bag uh whatever bag or whatever and then this is about two months later he went right back into the same pocket at the show sorry dude i didn't sell any tickets here are my tickets Didn't do anything. Thanks, dude. You just cost me whatever. Now we got to fucking scalp tickets if we want to even make anything (laughs) off of this. So I'm like a scumbag that's scalping up my own show, which, uh, dude, I hate that pay-to-play shit. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's good because you want to play with, you know, an artist that you look up to and everything. And that Graves oh, yeah. show was awesome. Like, I had a great Absolutely. time doing that. I'd
2: pay for that any day.
0: Yeah, I would do it again. Except, I don't know about now. I think uh, no. yeah, Michael Graves is yeah. kind of yeah. like. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's. Uh, I, I still love those albums. I, it's like some of the Misfits' best stuff. Which but funny,
2: is I never even liked his, the Misfits in general.
0: You like his I solo got stuff? Into
2: his stuff, yeah. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. yeah, well, he's a great singer, dude. Yeah, you know, he's. That, some of that like acoustic stuff was pretty awesome um so yeah uh so Steve we were talking about this before I wanted to hear you guys thoughts on uh the new blink 182 and the new green day you said now you' both of you are not fans of blink or
2: not really and you know. I didn't think we had heard it but apparently she told me what I, I was telling her we about did. that that yeah. uh when we were listening we like she wanted when the new Green Day came out, we were like, oh, We got to listen. And she's like, Let's put it on. I'm, she wanted to put it on our phone. I'm like, No, you cannot listen to the new Green Day on your phone. It's the worst possible place to, to listen to music. So we came down to the studio. I had a really good setup, set it up. And apparently, while we were setting up, the, the YouTube video was playing for Blink. And I didn't even realize it. But I'm not a big Blink fan, they're, they're fine. So I, I don't think I didn't really notice the song.
0: I really I enjoy love- the album, I think it's really good, the Blink really? album. I thought the
3: song was good. I feel like their best songs are their most depressing songs. The
0: ballads, right?
3: Yeah. Like,
0: they were talking about it the other day, like, Adam's song. They don't even play it anymore because they said that, like, it reminds them of the dude that uh, survived the plane crash that ended up uh, passing away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, DJ AM. But, um, yeah, that song is one of their greatest songs. And the other one was uh, I Miss You. All Mm -hmm. fucking heartbreakers. You're right yeah so and i don't anyway, know but, and that new song like, is something else though that's a very depressing song but i still you know i love that stuff
1: yeah
2: but new green day you know we were super excited for i was really really hoping that after like the last album which i really didn't like oh, i was no. like praying that it was like all right that was their last album on that label they were just doing that album to get it this is gonna be out. the good one and i was really really
1: disappointed They're disappointed <laughs> Like yeah. it
2: just seems so out of touch. I mean, I love yeah. Green Day. Green Day is my all time favorite band ever, right? Yeah. Um, and I was really you know, you have such a powerful name for a song. You know, it's like with everything going on, there's so much he could have said and did, but it was just so like almost bubblegum.
0: You feel like it was phoned was in
2: songwriting. It, it was it was totally full. Exactly. I mean, yeah. a lot of his stuff can be sometimes recently, but yeah. it just there was just no heart behind it, it was no power behind it. Like the American dream is killing me. With everything that's going on in the world, and like it was just like basic rhymes, and yeah,
0: it could have been like American Idiot Part Two, you know. Well,
2: it should have been. It has. It it had to have been. You're gonna name
3: it like conclusion to American Idiot. Yeah,
0: you know what? Like you're right with the title like that, and the shit that's gone on since American Idiot's come back. Because if you look at like when American Idiot came down, the world was fucked. Now I feel like we're triply fucked. Like it's right. even
2: worse. Yeah, it's an opportunity. Yeah. yeah.
0: So yeah, I guess yeah. it's a waste of a uh, of a good name. I mean, I, I dig it. I dig it more than that last album. I listened. I don't even think. I think I listened to it once, and yeah. it was a very hard listen. Like I just didn't like it, and it's it was a shame because each. Of their releases, I always find at least something that I can associate with, and I couldn't find anything on that album. Mm. So hopefully on this one, maybe there's a couple of songs. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. if maybe not, I good. could always go back to the box set for Dookie and uh, yeah. enjoy that. Did you guys get that, the, the Dookie box set? Mm-mm. We oh. listened
3: to it though. Oh yeah, yeah. it's fantastic. Like the There's so much
0: good, like good stuff on there. They have like the, uh, yeah. the Woodstock '94 live thing and uh, a lot of demos that I heard. I
3: mean,
2: Jar the different lyrics blew That's my a, mind. For
3: a basket Case. It's a completely different right?
1: song. Yeah. That, was,
2: that blew my mind. Like mm-hmm. to have that of an iconic song that like changed lives, including my own, right? Uh-huh. And 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 then have it like just. It was written with totally different lyrics, same same melody, you know. And that's how it's funny because that's how I like write songs. Like I write, like fake words for the first, you know, three months. It's just completely fake words, and then they like form into real words. But like to have his just completely different meaning, just so like.
0: Thank God they rewrote that song.
2: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I don't think it would have been a hit the
0: other way, you know. Because it it's also
2: so hard, I feel like, when you do write a song, it's so hard to change it. Like, when you write actual mm-hmm. lyrics, yeah. it's so hard to be like, okay, no, I'm going to scrap that all together and, like, do a totally new song.
0: Right. So, like, how is the process with you guys with that when you show up to, like, practice and you got a new tune? Is it a collective? Like, you guys, like, put it out. Like, you, you write a song, you write lyrics to it, and then, let's say, someone is not vibing with it and, like do you change it like on the spot or like how you how does that work with you guys for us most
2: yeah. of our songs come together spontaneously at practice like either michael play a, a single chord and i'll go like that that's the chord do it again and then and we like just kind of it just builds yeah. so like yesterday we practiced and we like wrote this dope new song and it just spontaneously happened like i played like two chords and i'm like those are cool together oh here's the third and then they picked up and like it instantly became a song cool and i haven't written lyrics yet that usually takes the longest i do that on wellwood as i drive to work i yeah. write lyrics but um you know the song itself almost 100 percent of it almost usually comes together in like one practice spontaneously wow. either works or it doesn't
0: that's so, cool how about man, you liz
3: I- yeah, for us, similar. Someone will play a note and we'll be like, whoa, that sounds really cool. Yeah. Or someone will go home, come up with something, and then they'll come to practice and they'll be like, I just wrote something really cool. And then we'll spend that night working on it and trying to perfect it. Yeah. And then sometimes um, it'll take me a while to get the lyrics. Oops. Or sometimes they come instantly. Like, it's hard. It depends on the, the situation. For werewolves, when... Allie and Jeff's daughter, she came up with the title, All Werewolves Are Bad. I really?
1: forget
3: if, I forget if she told Allie we should name a song that or if Allie just asked her what should we name a song and she came up with that title and that's how the inspiration came for that song, for the lyrics. From there I knew I wanted to use werewolfism. Is that the word? <laughs> for I guess yeah, it works. For being true to yourself. I yeah. thought that would be a unique i guess song idea concept um but yeah like introism. like introbism <laughs> that's the word but yeah without gwen there would be no werewolf song
0: or any or steve video or steve video <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah, it's yeah,
0: wow this kid's becoming amazing, like and she's did the
3: end make of make their video part part too this whole yeah. collaboration the, the
2: end scene is gwen mm-hmm. that that actually came about that day also that wasn't really planned until we got there and it really- <laughs> I could see
0: her now, like, going to be setting up like band meetings and stuff in like her room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like she's how, like, manager, Stewie actually, Stewie yeah. has it set up with like his teddy bear. Don't mind, Rupert. <laughs> just come on in. I think it's
2: 60%, but it's probably worth yeah.
0: it. Right. Yeah, whatever, man. If the kid's doing like, it, you know, she's gone. giving, yeah. she's like gold right now. Yeah. <laughs> that's so awesome. I love, you know, that was one of the first things I had said to you after I watched it. I'm like, dude, it's like the next generation that you got in the uh in the video bro and it's so awesome that she's in it like that so uh um, yeah we,
2: we already have sharp violet 2.0
1: yeah and, oh yeah you
2: know, yeah between my uh Mike's you know my guitarist Mike's uh daughter yeah. and and, uh, and like we all had daughters so that's sharp Violet 2.0 in like yeah. mm, 15 years 14 13 years maybe
3: the future of Riot girl is strong that's yeah. sick
0: well that's what you gotta do you know like Zoe already wants to do uh the Daughters of Demon Scar. So mm-hmm. she's, like, oh, ready, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. I'll play that show. Yeah, yeah she's, um, she's something else. I'm, you guys see her all the time. I'm posted about her. But uh, couldn't be proud of that kid, man, you know? she's. she's awesome. uh, yeah. I miss her this week. She's in uh, Disney doing her thing, and this is, like, the oh, first Halloween that I was not with awesome. her. But she's having the best time, so it's awesome. Yeah. She yeah. actually... Yeah. Um, She actually got asked to do a movie, like a little spot in it, but uh, she's away and they're filming it this week. So, uh, but even to get that offer, like it was such a awesome feeling and you guys can understand that, you know, like when obviously, you know, the scene like when your kid is like shining like that and other people are noticing and stuff. So uh, it's pretty awesome. so
1: exciting. Because it's not about us anymore, right? It's yours. Right,
0: exactly. It's not about us anymore. Now it's like it's time for them to do their thing, and, like, we (laughs) step back and watch, I guess, right? I don't know. sounds weird. We sound like old-timers now.
1: We are. We are, right? It
2: does. It does. Oh,
0: geez. True. Well, guys, thank you so much uh, for coming on tonight. I appreciate it. was awesome. I know you got practice coming up soon, but uh you, you uh you squeeze time for me and I, I do appreciate it. You guys are always welcome. You know I love you. So you can only anytime you want to come on, just hit me up or you have a new song or single, I'll play it on here.
1: Awesome. Thank awesome. You.
3: Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. It's all
0: good. All good. Thanks a lot for uh coming on and uh say what up to everyone and uh hopefully I'll see you soon. All right. Awesome. All right. Take care, guys. Bye. Guys. Bye. Right. Later. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, that was awesome. So we had uh the Sharp Violet and Steven the Not Steves. They're all over uh social media. You can check them out. Uh again, All Werewolves are bad by Sharp Violet and Let Me In by Stephen the Not Steves. Um they're on YouTube, Spotify, Instagram. i am gonna post a link once I uh put this video up. Um, I have just a couple more things I wanted to talk about. And actually, the next thing I want to talk about right before I get to my sponsors is the Raiders had a massacre on Halloween Eve. Mark Davis was like Michael Myers killing motherfuckers on Halloween Eve. On Halloween, Uh, he fired Josh McDaniel. He fired his offensive coordinator. He fired everyone. And now, like, Antonio Pierce uh, is the. Uh, I love. There's always an interim coach for the Raiders because they always put themselves in this. And, uh, you know, this week also, the first move that Antonio, it's Antonio Pierce, I believe his name is, is the interim coach. He actually played with the uh, Raiders back in the day. He was at the uh, Super Bowl that they got the shit kicked out of him by uh, Gruden and the Bucks. But, um, His first movie, Benched uh, Old Jimmy Boy, Jimmy G, and now Aiding O'Connell will start. So, uh, if you're going to listen to me, I think they should have never gotten rid of Rich Biasacci, the last interim coach, because once they fired Gruden for saying some awful shit, they hired this guy as an interim coach and they. The Raiders made the playoffs. This dude had him at a 7-5 record. And then they went with this dickhead, McDaniels, who has the most punchable face in the NFL and even a more questionable handbook. So, like, really what I think is, and I'm just going to save this for now because the, the fuck you of the week is going to him, but the real problem is Mark Davis. He don't know shit about shit about running a football team. At least Al Davis proved himself before he went full Montgomery Burns. Like, in his later years, like, at least he had some winning teams and stuff. Like, Mark Davis is just, I don't know, man. Like, he's not the guy. I think it should be taken from him. I know it's his team, but, like, shit. Like, you need help, bro. And, like, you took your team out of... uh, out of Oakland, and you put him in Vegas, which, honestly, I think I'm more compelled to go see a, a game in Vegas. So it kind of does work. So I can't really, like, talk shit about you there. But everything else, you I don't know. So, yeah, my big fuck you this week is Mark Davis. Fuck you again for fucking up my team and bringing another interim coach in. But hopefully the, uh, the locker room rallies behind this guy because they're pissed. You know, everyone is visibly talking shit about them. Josh Jacobs. Was talking shit, uh, you know, with Eric, Derek Carr last year. You benched him towards the end. You got him out. Well, he's hurt right now, too. So, uh, he really isn't doing shit over in New Orleans. And, uh, yeah. So this week, Mark Davis, right here. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Antonio, uh, brings him back to, uh, some kind of respectable level and, uh, just win, baby. So, all right. Um, I'd like to thank my sponsors, Dark Side of the Shroom. Uh, try Dark Side of the Shroom, the delicious bite sized gummies made from the powerful mushroom called Anamita muscaria. Uh, each shroom powered gummy contains 500 milligrams of natural Amanita muscaria extract. No blends of other product or fillers. So, like I said last week, it does not have any cancerous shit. Um, they make their mushroom gummy product with time and devotion, leading to a top-of-the-line experience. So get ready to find your dark side amongst the four delicious favorites that they have available right now, which is Blood Orange, Berry Blend, Blue ras, and Watermelon. I tried them all. I'm telling you, they taste way better than the disgusting, stale granola bar that tastes like, it, you know, you wiped your ass with it from 25 years ago, where... Uh, and of course I I brought my literature with me because I've I I feel like, you know, I'm not peddling street drugs here, kids. Um this is actually like legal in New York state and uh it, it's a dosage guide. I wish they handed this out when I was uh on the real dark side of the shroom all those years ago, but a microdose is a half a gummy, a beginner is a one gummy, which I am going to stay in the beginner phase from here on out. I'm not doing any more than that. Uh, ready to parties, two to three, and after that, blast off, which is four to five. Good luck if you want to try that. Um, if you do order, 25% off uh, that way. That way. I, I love doing this. That way. 25% off Trippy Scream. Uh, hit them up, and um, they'll get 25% off your order. My next uh, sponsor, Mr. Beery's. The place to be in Long Island if you are like me. Uh, original music uh, nightly. Tonight's uh, open mic night. If you want to go out there and test some new material. Um, tomorrow, Friday night, is Pop Smart Overdrive's record release party with my friends in Flackjack and in Agent Zero. And Saturday, The Hinges, Sorry in Advance, and Jen's X. Um... Go check out Mr. Beery's. Everyone's cool there. I'm sure you'll have a great time. I might even be there tomorrow night. We'll see how my night goes. You never know. Um, But yeah, that about uh, wraps it up for uh, this week's uh, Primal Scream. Holy shit, I did not even plug the band tonight. That's right, I even wore this shirt for that reason. Demon Ska! If you like what you see, kids, the old Cerebus. Um, very cool uh, logo that we have right now on our new Demon Scar shirt. They are available. If you're local, it's $20. I'll come and drop it off. Or you can come to me. Or if you want to uh, pay for shipping, it's 25 bucks. You can DM me. Um, or you can DM Demon Scar. But it's more like you DMing me. So uh, Up next for us, we have a uh, gig on November 17th at Sinclair's. We're playing with uh, Graces of Chaos, Resist the Temptation, Hostile Intent, and us, uh, Sinclair's in West Babylon. Patty Dodge, she's putting this on. Uh, Thank you, Patty, for uh, bringing us out to Sinclair's. We can't wait to uh, try out some new material for you. And uh, now I could finally put this uh, episode to bed. Guys, thanks for your time. Again, thanks to Sharp Violet and uh, Steve and the Not Steves for uh, coming on tonight and um, giving us some insight on how to do it yourself with um, great success. So, again, guys, I'm Nick Greystone, and you're not. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Primal Scream. I'm Nick Greystone, a.k.a. The Nizza. Each week... Primal Scream is produced by Tony Walker and executive produced by Demon Scar. Always remember, nobody writes your story but you. Later.